In history, many materials have been explored to be made into jewelry. Today, we see some jewelers approach materials conceptually or use what we would perhaps not immediately consider a material as matter for structuring and conveying ideas. One such a jewelry designer maker is Wontrilly. With her collection Go With The Glow, and as part of her PhD studies, she is investigating light and light effects as materials for use in jewelry. To talk about her approach, work, research, and the challenges to work with light and in darkness, I'm excited to welcome Wontrilly. I'm so excited to be here. It is my honor to share my artistic practice and also my research. Thank you. So Wanshu, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Okay, so I perceive myself as a jewelry designer and maker, and now I have a more complicated role as a researcher. Also, I consider myself as interdisciplinary artist because doing a PhD definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone and explore more different possibilities more than a jeweler. So I would say I'm an artist, but I'm interested in many subjects, jewelry, contemporary jewelry, and performance art. So I'm currently based in Birmingham. This is where I enrolled my PhD program from 2018 to 2023. It's been like five years I've been working on this. And I just submitted my PhD thesis and uh, yeah, so I'm now waiting for my Viva at the moment, which is our examination. So it will be the end of November. But in the meantime, I'm just making preparations. So that's a short introduction about myself. You are a jewelry designer, maker, researcher. There's quite a few labels that we can use to describe your practice. With a keen interest in light and light effects, what drew you, though, initially to the subject of jewelry? I think when I was a child, I liked to engage with the sense of touch and playing with stones. Or I think that kind of tactile sensory remains in my childhood. And when I decided to choose to the college, I decided to study jewelry subject. I think I like the craftsmanship and working with hands and engage the sensory with my fingers. So that is, I think that is kind of initial passion working on jewelry. I think I was very interested in all the elements from the nature. And I did show a king in the light and light effects because jewelry, I think jewelry initially related to light because you know, in the tradition of fine jewelry, how the jewelry interacts with light, how uh, the craftsman making use of the precious material and engage in precious metals uh, from a sensory perspective. So that was an uh, initial idea because I was working with metals a lot. But at some point, I wanted to explore other materials more than metals as a contemporary jewelry designer. So I started to uh, do a lot of research from nature, from uh, under the sea to figure out what kind of material can perfectly capture my inspirations. And then I was drawn into the fluorescent materials 
and link those materials into, you know, the sea world. So I think that kind of <laughs> magic, how the jellyfish glow under the water, um, that became the theme of my jewelry, Go With the Glow. You sort of mentioned already that your Go With the Glow uh, collection uses unique light effects. And your inspiration came from perhaps sea creatures. And could you tell us a little bit more about that? What what research did you conduct? How did you go about finding that inspiration? This collection was developed in my last year of my master's degree. So I had two years to working on a, a big project. But before my, uh, the goal with Glow is my graduation collection. But during my first year, I was like broadly exploring many themes. But the key theme is engaging multi-sensories in my uh, jewelry. So I was looking for materials. I did a lot of experiments at the beginning with metals. I think metals may give me some limitations uh, in terms of color and the shape. So I started to work on other materials like recycled acrylic or sequins. And those inspirations also was a spark. Well, during my travel to Barcelona, actually, I was so enjoyed the architecture by Gaudi's work, the tactile feeling. So I have to say, uh, visually enjoy the sensory experience and diving into the Gaudi's building and uh, I can touch and sense. So I was thinking, why not jewelry can be so sensory engaged, visually and engaged and uh, sensory engaged, particularly in touch. So I did more research about colors, about, you know, the tactiles, uh, those, the tiles decorated on Gaudi's buildings. So I like that, those ideas. So I also use similar ideas, like working with bees and they can move and they are very colorful so I think I was quite inspired by architecture that sensory engagement in architect's work so I think that is kind of <laughs> I'm stretching a lot of ideas but I think it's quite broad and sensory engaging in this case mm. yeah it's really interesting then to think as well of sea creatures in particular because we shouldn't probably really touch them and most of us mm. can't touch them. So the idea that you take something that is visually really arresting and then perhaps translate that into object that for us are similarly appealing visually, but we can actually touch them. Was that something that you wanted to play with then? Yeah, of course. And also engaging engaging a sensory of touch is also based on my personal experience when I visit in galleries and museums I see the berries how they curate the jewelry exhibitions which kind of isolate jewelry pieces from sensory <laughs> uh, meaning from touch we can still browse and really enjoy but I think has to really there are not op enough opportunities to kind of touch the pieces so basically in my work I don't set that limitations. I invite people to touch and they are conditions because my work reacts to light. So I engage people, the audience participants to 
hold like light torches of flashlights to really see my work. So that kind of engagement is also part of my design in my work. So break <laughs> the barriers of between the audience and jewelry pieces. That is another my kind of passion I want to achieve in my work. Since you've sort of been working with UV light changing materials, you've looked for a specific material that is slightly different than, for example, silver and gold. Can you tell us a little bit about your discovery method of this material and also what it was like to work with this type of material to create jewellery, particularly given that you're designing light effects under UV light, which is not necessarily a condition you're continuously working in? I was I was talking about my inspiration from the sea world, from the the sea creatures like uh, the jellyfish and sea animals. So, I at the beginning I was I was looking for the materials can glow in the dark, and there are many fishing materials actually. It's like when the fishermen fish, they use those kind of material like to attract fishes, for example. So that gave me more inspirations. In terms of expanding the colors, basically most of the fluorescent materials, fluorescent colors, they can react to UV light, like the fluorescent orange or fluorescent red, a certain type of blue and green. So I have to say there are limitations in colors. So I was did a lot of combinations, which look the best combinations in my work. So I did a lot of experimentation in the darkness so I was in uh in my room my bedroom or <laughs> whenever at home so I turn off the lights and I work with the light and figure out which are the best combinations so that is you can say in my work so I figure out the best selections in terms of colors and and yeah as you said I think there are challenges working with this because it require specific um, light control and light environment so and um, I extend that ideas perfectly into my PhD because I realized that so I want to push a little bit forward consider okay so my jewelry really in the kind of intersection between contemporary jewelry and performance art because in performance art there are so many uh, ways in engaging light, darkness, this type of materials. So I started to work with dancers to see how, if the dancer wear my jewelry or why they wear this type of jewelry, what kind of magic can happen. So that is uh, kind of fund, provide the foundation of my PhD. So I would say in the jewelry perspective, it still relies on kind of light requirement but I think as artists and as as a researcher like me like pushing forward I think we can create or curate something different and engage the audience to experience jewelry differently it can be seen as jewelry but it can be also seen as performance as long as we can curate something to engage the audience to experience that light in my work. So you have recently completed your thesis. So when we talk about your research, 
when you see your piece of jewelry become part of performance art, what's the relationship then between the object and the importance of the object or the performance? And could you tell us maybe as well, what were your main questions that were underpinning your research? One of the key research questions in my PhD is about borrowing the methodologies from performance art to explore this type of material, UV reactive materials as body adornment in contemporary jewelry. So because more and more jewelry artists are working interdisciplinary, probably like me, so but not many jewelry designers uh, specifically work on a PhD above this. So, so I want to expand that to reflect on my experiences, my insights of working with dancers as a kind of research methods or methodologies, because there are so many things I can borrow, like uh, dance improvisation and theater methods, moving my bench from from jewelry bench, I mean, from jewelry bench to a theatrical space. So there are so many elements can hugely impact on the making process of jewelry. And I think by working with dancers, it creates a blurred boundaries between jewelry making and performance making, and particularly working with the UV reactive materials and working with the darkness. It is definitely blurring the boundaries to challenge the audience about what is jewelry, what is performance, or it is kind of very open-ended questions. But it definitely creates a multi-sensory experience for from both sides. From I mean, for from both sides means for contemporary artists, they can learn from this experience, and from the performance artist side, they have more understanding about the materials and the intimate interaction between the body, light, and space. So I think it's it it is beneficial for both fields. It's very interesting to think about the importance, now that I'm listening to you, of objects Mm -hmm. in performance as well. So we obviously, I often think of performance immediately as a person performing something, but a person performs something in a context and can use objects to create a performance. So that was part of the PhD as well, looking at from both disciplines towards the objects and their importance in the in each art form Mm -hmm. yeah definitely you mentioned in your text about your research that your research approaches light as a design material this I thought was incredibly interesting so could you expand on how you think jewelry designer makers and other artists can consider this what we often think of as non-tactile phenomenon as a material to shape designs When I was uh, doing my research, I considered this material I'm working on and light. It is a, it is a group. It, it, it relies on the light to stimulate the material. So it is exactly like when we wear a piece of fine jewelry, we also engage with light. We engage sunlight, we engage move, moonlight, we engage different type of light, just we sometimes may in, ignore that kind of how the material reacts to different type of light. I think in my work, I specifically emphasize this idea. Jewelry um, has a close relationship with light. 
from the tradition of fine jewelry. And I ex extend that idea like in contemporary jewelry and with the development of new materials, this idea continues. So I'm in my PhD, I try to extend that idea so that the traditional fine jewelry, how it interacts, how it reflects, reflects and reflects. And now in the modern world with the technologies and what contemporary jewelries are thinking about materials, I think it is naturally interconnected, jewelry and light. But I understand there are other type of materials they don't reflect light at all. So it only represents a small group of materials, I think, for jewelry to consider. I wanted to ask as well, so when we talk about sea creatures and using certain types of materials or new materials, it's really hard not to consider the human impact on the planet. So I wanted to ask, and I always often ask um, artists, have you in your practice reflected on the duality that exists between really making beautiful pieces and, and pushing forward with ideas and research um, celebrating, for example, in this case, the beauty of nature using materials that actually, when disposed of incorrectly, could damage the natural environment? Mm -hmm. Of course. I think as contemporary jewelry artists, and it is not only jewelry, but we are engaged in a huge community in art. We now, like more jewelry artists, work with different disciplines like me, for example, I work with performance artists and we realize this issue about protecting the planets. And obviously I did use acrylic in my work, which belong to the plastics. But I think um, by working with different people, I, I started to realize and bring more other people's like ideas about the planet to enrich my work. So I'm very open to materials at the moment. In my PhD, I work with the performance artist who, who wrote a story about the forests and about protecting the, the rainforest and how the plantation invading the rainforest. And it is part of my PhD, actually. Not reflecting the theme, but I engage a lot of recycled materials and to, to deeply think this issue. So I would say as artists, we have the we have a different approach to speak and to reflect about social issues and environment issues. So we have the responsibilities about about using materials. So I have considered about that and already doing that. So I hope um, I hope we can contribute to that better as a jewelry designer and, and also as an artist. And as well with jewelry pieces, I often say to students or anyone, if you make the work on a really high quality standard, hopefully it will be cherished and cared for for life. And then it is a, a contribution rather than a, a, a throwaway object. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging to continue making things when you know that everything you make has an impact. It's important, perhaps, that we do find ways to, to still do that and live with those things and make changes different. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you are now, you've submitted your thesis, working on that you would be willing to share with us that we could have a look for anything that's in store for 2024, perhaps? Yeah, uh, of course, uh, I have some plans. <laughs> uh, during my PhD, I 
develop a good relationship with the dancers and performers and and we create as i said the the opera project actually is a performance project and we actually we went to the edinburgh festival this year to present our performance so it has many things so working collaboratively with another discipline definitely push myself out of my comfort zone and now I have more uh, a lot of other roles you can say like um, costume design for example I need to work with dancers in terms of designing costumes some objects for the performance and also I need to learn more about the space design or maybe light design so that's all like the magics and I learned that happened during my PhD so now I have so many op- options to develop so I'm looking forward and I, w- I would love to share the news of the performance and if it one day it has a tour in the UK so I welcome everyone to join and see the performance because it's very interesting it is interdisciplinary so jewelry designer work with dancers so that kind of performance show can be very interesting to the students or to um, both disciplines so yeah that is the plan for the future <laughs> I wanted to ask as well working interdisciplinary what were the real benefits you think of working collaboratively and the challenges uh, that's very good questions and I also reflect in my PhD like my reflections um, of my practical work so I think the the benefits is for me to learn so many things from and borrowing so many ideas from the from the other discipline and learn their language and basically is a whole new <laughs> subject so i learned a lot about how they use the specific languages and knowledge to describe things describe uh, what was going on, what was happening. So um, that for me is absorbing, deeply abs- absorbing new knowledge from another disciplines and reading and researching at the same time and writing my reflections. And how I think the dancers has a really sensitive with their bodies. So when they get into or when they touch the materials, they have a whole different understanding as a like as a maker like me so they think with the object in a performance way but me is is more like i'm i'm as a maker i make these objects and i imagine how this piece can be worn and interact with the audience or with the dancer but i think the dancers can really uh, create or recreate these pieces I made. So I love those kind of reactions they brought to my work, which can be totally out of my understanding or out of my expectations. But I think that is the recreation of my work. So the authorship of my work continues and passing to the the dancers. So that is the magic in my work. So there are a lot of things I learned and experienced working collaboratively with performance artists. And the challenges, of course, is the first challenge I, I remember is get familiar with the spaces. Uh, I was so uh, used to working alone and working on my 
bench, drawing bench, and I am the author. Like I design everything, and、mm, I don't need to communicate. Basically, <laughs> just to put my head down and work and think. It's like meditation most of the time. But working with dancers with a lot of communications, and also I need to get used to working with much much larger spaces. And get used to try to with try with different light, space, materials. So it was adventure, but I have to say I have to conquer so many things. Um, the key is get out of my comfort zone so much, <laughs> push myself to be there, work with people, and also we also have different ideas on how to perform perform one object. So have to. Um, think about this project is develop in a iterative cycle. It's not like、uh, achieving one goal, but so many steps. So I have to have many meetings and to make agreements in order to carry on. So I think、uh, I was very lucky. So the artists I work with, they are very nice, and we try to help each other to ach- achieve. To benefit both from both sides, so I think, yeah. So that is my experiences work collaboratively, interdisciplinarily. May I ask what your top tip is for anyone thinking of setting up a collaboration, from your experiences? I think first of all, be open-minded, because from different disciplines, there are definitely things we might have different opinions. So I think be prepared. There are challenges and difficulties, and if if we have those mindset or mentality, it will be kind of the first step to <laughs> to open the door because we are here to learn. We are here to learn from each other, and that process will benefit both. So, so I think that mentality will help both from both sides, and be willing to learn. I think. That is my opinion because everything as artists we learn from each other and we we enrich our artistic journey. So I think be open minded and also be encouraging, like not easily give up, because there are so many things we may kind of think, oh, I don't like this.、Mm. But I think、uh, that is the process. I'm willing to learn new things. That's my attitude about this kind of collaborative projects. The invention of electricity has transformed human lives. Thanks to this invention and widespread application of artificial light sources, our days are illuminated whenever we want, as long as the supply lasts. But as one truly shows us, there are many interesting observations to be made when we embrace the dark. When we turn off the light, or better yet, when we alter our approach to engaging with our perception and consider light as matter to construct, light in its multifaceted yet elusive state too can be a tool for creation, for talking to us and for taking us on a journey through her light and mind-transforming work and research, and for joining me today. For this enlightening conversation, I want to thank you very much, Wanshu.
Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Next, I'll be joined by another guest. So watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast episode titled Going with the Glow with Wonchu Lee. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.